I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. A guy when he was 19 hooked up with someone he thought was a girl but was not. At 19, he freaked out and was like, I just got a blowjob from a guy and he panicked. But he was like, it was a great blowjob. We got several upset emails about how that was handled. He's on a show called Mortified, so clearly he's embarrassed about how he acted back then. Sometimes our pieces are just offensive, but we want to make sure that the adult is over it so that you have permission to laugh at. Like, I can't believe you acted like such an asshole back then. That was Cassie with a crazy-ass quote from our interview today with Dave Nadelberg, founder and host of Mortified, the Mortified podcast, Mortified live show, Mortified on Netflix, on TV, pretty much everywhere you look, there's a Mortified. If you're not familiar, it's live. People getting up on stage and reading from their diaries and sharing their most horrifying moments. Pretty cool stuff. We're going to talk to Dave about how he's built this brand. It's now in its 13th year. He gives us some lessons about how he's built success on a series of small successes, each one building on the other. And also he explains why Hollywood ain't shit. So there you have it. Before we get into it, though, let's check out the EDM.com track of the week. That was the EDM.com track of the week. The track was called Forest of Wonder. The artist's name is Saturn. And Saturn is a member of the Hegemon Collective. If you check out EDM.com, look for Hegemon and you'll see music by Saturn and some of his collective mates. And you are listening to Rebel Radio, available on the Dash Radio Network on the Hot Button Channel, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Also available on iTunes. 
SoundCloud, Twitter. Write your congressman and ask him for Rebel Radio. Now let's get into the interview with Dave Nadelberg. All right, so most embarrassing moment. Did you listen to Mortified? Yeah, I heard one girl that she was really funny and she was sharing her diary entries and she was um, like a party girl. Mm, that's <laughs> and, like, funny. And hated her sister and also was like always cussing at her family in her diary. Oh, so yeah. So it's really funny. And her sister um, went through her diary. Oh, and wow. She, in her diary, she wrote that her sister was um, a fat, like her sister thinks she's skinny, but she's actually a fat bitch. <laughs> And then her sister awesome. read the diary. Her sister read the diary and then wrote, "Well, my sister's breath smells like shit." Roasted on something. It was really funny. That's funny. Um, so yeah, what would you say on mortified? Craziest story or like something that's compelling enough. He likes the heartfelt but funny. He likes a little darkness with funny. So if I had to think about a little darkness with funny, I don't know. That's a hard one. Darkness with funny. I don't and think I have go. I don't think I have anything. I just have an embarrassing moment when I was, I thought I was really cool wearing my cheerleading windbreaker jacket in middle school. And I was wearing these really big bell bottoms. And at the last step going down the second floor, I stepped on one of those bell bottoms and slid about 40 yards in my windbreaker uh. jacket like a whale. <laughs> in the like middle. a slip and slide. Yeah, in the middle of between. Oh, my God. Between like the bell ringing. So everyone saw me. I was that cool cheerleader. <laughs> Just slid. That's Home a good base in that. That's like a good teen movie moment. Yeah, it was terrible. I was so mortified. Boom. Where is Dave when we need him? Knocking it out. <laughs> hey. Dave, we are doing DIY we're, we're, we're Mortified sessions right now. Right now. Hey, What's up, man? Josh, yeah, good to meet you. <laughs> Finally in person. Hi, Cassie. Hey, Cassie. Nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. Welcome. Cool. Yeah. So from what I researched about the this show. Um, oh, yeah. You're, so the, the goal of it is to kind of. the point. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just so I know how to, like, steer. I mean, obviously, it's your job to. You steer me however you want, but like, oh, uh, it is? This, this is for an audience of marketing of marketing professionals. Meaning, no, 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 no. It should be Good to know, but it's not. It's just a shit. It's just it's like just a shit. I find interesting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the okay. idea is good work. Good, good tagline. <laughs> yeah, shit to talk about. Okay. Um, no, the idea is to talk to creative people who are building businesses around being creative around okay. their art. Okay. And to sort of find out why and how they do it, um, it's, you know, a good show is probably 70% entertainment and 30% wisdom. Right. Um, but it, but we're trying to get neither. stuff. Yeah. Some of the shows are neither. <laughs> no, I've got neither. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, we do. Uh, the tagline is actually low expectations. Sweet. Yeah. Perfect. And that really I, should be it. That's what I say on every date. <laughs> that's a great idea. Expectations. <laughs> and uh, I did say that in the intro to the first episode, and I got a bunch of comments on that. Like, people are really enthused about that. Nice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's meant to more be just, like, universal. Okay. You mentioned in an interview that I read that you're fascinated by how people are successful at anything. 
and you've done research. Yeah. What did I say? What did I say? Well, I like to misquote stuff. Okay. So no, you that's fine. That. That's totally fine. No, no, you can't really misquote unless you've read, unless you've right. done the research. Mm-hmm. Okay. Otherwise, I'm just making no. Shit I get it. My head. But so I said something stupid. about I'm yeah. fascinated by. You people. said like I don't really care about celebrities being on the show. Oh right. But I'm curious about how people are successful. Yes. And what the and and so I share that right. And so for me, that's kind of what this is about is like talking to people that are successful yep. in careers that are driven by art and sort yeah. of how do you how do you make a business and a life that kind of work together with that yeah and right. go wisdom 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 entertainment <laughs> nice all right we're done thanks for being here on rebel radio <laughs> um oh but because i always forget is but, this one of those shows that just starts and i didn't know yeah yeah okay. we're gonna go we'll, we'll go back and cut an intro no no, no that's fine hi welcome to rebel radio so uh, <laughs> before I forget, because I always forget, like give us the <laughs> the socials and the website and stuff. Like let's promote sure. some shit and then okay. we'll come back. Um, uh, well, should I ID myself? Do we care? No, I'll do it. Okay. Uh, so the 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 website you can find out about Mortified at getmortified.com. You can find out about our films and books and podcasts and all that stuff. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at Mortified. Um, you can also find us at, on Facebook at Mortified Media, and we're not on Instagram because I'm an old curmudgeon, but I am, so you can stalk me there. <laughs> nice. That's a lot of socials. Well, all right, let's do the actual intro. We're going to give James a lot of work to do cutting shit because he's likes a lot of work to do. All right, welcome to Rebel Radio. Our guest today is Dave Nadelberg, founder and producer of Mortified. And the, the Mortified brand, Mortified Sessions, Mortified Nation, the Mortified Podcast, Mortif- Newspaper. Mortified Chewing Gum. Right. <laughs> awesome. And uh, welcome. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you being here. Much. I'm excited to meet you. We we uh, we met over the phone last year. Yeah. Uh, we share, one of my best friends is a guy named Justin. Shout out to Justin. He claims to listen to the show, so we'll find out if he does. Um, and he's your cousin. <laughs> he's my cousin. And I think he's one of the most interesting people. I, I wish he would go on Mortified. Although he probably he'd be a little he'd be a little timid. For anyone who doesn't know what Mortified is, although you should have checked the socials by now. What what is it? Uh, Mortified is a storytelling project where adults share their most embarrassing childhood writings, and uh, I'm giggling because. Uh, like whenever I feel on the spotlight of like, I've clearly said this a million times. Yeah. Uh, but Mortified is a storytelling project where adults share their most embarrassing childhood writings and artwork in front of total strangers. So that often that's like, you know, uh, whatever embarrassing diary entry you wrote it when you were 14 or some song lyrics maybe you wrote when you were 15 or some amazing poetry you wrote when you were nine. And somehow you agree for whatever weird reason to share them uh, with our audience. Why do people agree to do it? <laughs> well, I find it to be a sort of a weird, uh, it's kind of a cocktail of catharsis and um, uh, curiosity and uh, a desire to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, 
I think, uh, and then I think the other big C word in that is community. I think we all oh, not the one want to. F- no, there's there's another C word, but that has nothing to do with our show. Well, it's one of the things people write in their diary entries, but that's a different topic. Um, no, but but community, which is, um, you know, I think uh, we live in a war. I don't know if this hunger existed in the 1950s or in prior times as much as it does now. Yeah. But I do believe we do live in a time where we are, we feel isolated, we feel uh, hungry, we feel thirsty for um, connection, for, for the sense of togetherness, um, because, I don't know, maybe back in the day that did exist, but we were sort of a homogenized world where that wasn't as necessary. And so now I think anything that can give us that sense of like, no, 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 I know we're all still like individual weirdos and freaks, but... Uh, but there's this connective tissue, and I think, I, uh, I think there's something really gratifying for both audience members and per- participants um, when they get to experience that. Yeah, it's interesting. I think you know, there's a lot of talk about social media, right, and the impact that it's having on society. Um, I think, from my perspective, there's a lot of conclusions being drawn way too early. But I would agree. Nonetheless, uh, there is a sense that. I mean, if you sit around with people in their 40s, like I do when I have to. Um, Which is just me when I'm alone because well, I am 40. Me too. <laughs> but, but you know, older generation is convinced that it's ruined children's, you know, or all of our ability to connect with other people, that we all just stare at our phones. And, and there's obviously some truth to that, but there's, there's another side of it as well. But it's kind of what you're talking about, right, that, that sense of isolation. Um, and then there's the flip side of it, which is that it's opened the floodgates for this kind of oversharing. And yep. from my perspective, Mortified sort of sits in an interesting uh, intersection of those things, right? Where people are oversharing or they're sharing things that are technically no one's business. Mm-hmm. And that probably in previous generations, we wouldn't have been comfortable. It's hard to imagine this happening in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it occasionally we'll get participants in our stage show. So I should also say like the Mortified exists as uh, primarily as a stage show across the world, but mm-hmm. also as books. And yeah. we've done a film called Mortified Nation. And you guys have to do a game. Yeah, we're going to do a game in chewing gum and one more one more product. Wait, uh, so I do have a question about community. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, did you know it was going to be a community like when? No. It just that's <laughs> what came out of it. It was supposed to be this dumb experiment I was doing one night because I was, um, I was sort of a I had I had had some success as a young Hollywood screenwriter, and then that success got taken away because that's just what happens. And then you go you you know you do the baby steps of uh, building your career, but um, so maybe taking taken away is probably a little too dramatic and babyish of a term. But um, but I had a bunch of pilots and then they died, and then uh, in the ashes of that what felt like failure at the time I was like I want to do something where I'm my own green light and I had this idea kicking around called crush nights I think um, where it was like people reading unsent love letters obviously that morphed um, uh, over time and eventually in the ashes of of a pilot not uh, getting picked up and it was it was it was a pilot that I really cared about too like it was something that came from my heart and um, and then I watched the machinations of Hollywood sort of go, what if this character was like this? And you're like, okay, I guess they know better. But it was like, 
you know, and, and I'm okay with the fact that those changes and there's a machinery in place and that all has to happen. I, I get it, but it was sort of heartbreaking. And in the ashes of sort of that, I was like, well, what if I did something where I just got to be my own in, use my own instincts? I didn't need someone's permission to say this is good or not, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, we made all those compromises for these big corporations and the thing still sat on a shelf. And then we're left with, you know, mediocre product like yeah. it was a watered down execution of whatever those ideas were. Yeah. And so I decided to eventually put Crush Nights uh, on stage and uh, that morphed into uh, it's not just letters, it's diaries, it's poems. And um, and it's also got a better title, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, although one that I had I known Twitter was going to exist. It is it is a bad title uh, from a marketing and branding standpoint because uh, it's not really hashtagable, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone uses the word mortified. It's a it's a it's a common sure. word. Yeah. Had I spelled it mortified with two D's, I would have been okay. <laughs> and that's interesting. Well, you know, and and you said something. I I was listening to an interview with a showrunner. I wish I could remember what show it was, but a you know pretty successful showrunner. Sure. Recently, who was saying, you got to make the show you want and sort of forget the notes, and because. You know, your show is either going to get canceled or it's going to succeed based yeah. on how good it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, these guys who are going to change your product don't—they're not invested in it, right? Like, and and you are. And so, if the show's going to get canceled, get your show canceled that it, you wanted to make. It was one of my biggest lessons, in, uh, and it took me many years to learn it and to have. And it's a hard balance, but but the lesson is um, is is that is like okay, so there's somebody who's been doing it allegedly longer than you, mm-hmm. or in, definitely in a higher position of, uh, they got to their position of authority that is granting you the permission to do whatever it is you're doing, and they say, you should do this because our research or my boss or whatever their logic is, and you go, oh, I don't like it, but and you kind of have to agree with it. Um, Nine times out of ten, I have learned that their logic is, is 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 so fleeting, mm-hmm. um, and it is, and it's also just like a what you can't even have a dialogue about it. And the problem with that is, of course, you kind of have to listen to those people because if you don't, you're this sort of maverick asshole, which sometimes totally works for people. Like there's mm-hmm. certain directors I, I've heard of who are famously dicks. Um, but they're that way because if you're, by the time you have to compromise, then they're still, they're like uh, overcompensating for being an asshole because they know when they have to get pulled back a little bit mm-hmm. that they're still going to have uh, control. Um, and so they've learned to act like a baby because the system sort of demands it. Now, the optimist in me wants to believe, well, you don't have to be like that. Like, you could get there by being that. And that's probably true um as well um but yeah so it's that whole like push and pull but like i'm you know you get notes from you know we had this tv show on the sundance channel and we would get notes that would be just i don't know you get your crazy network notes or whatever from somebody and and then when you'd have a a very logical you know reply to that note 
um, you realize that that note didn't come from the person who gave it to you. Right. Nor did it come from their superior. Mm. It came from three superiors up from some guy or, or from some dude or some woman who just popped their head in for a minute and went like looked into the project and went, huh, you know, the T-shirt should be uh, bright orange or, you know, the name of this character should be that or the title of the show should be, you know, whatever their note is. We need an A in the title. Yeah. And 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 there's logic and reason behind their note. And they're they, those people are super smart. But it but if you want to be like, well, wait, that doesn't actually make sense because of X, Y and Z. Right. You're blocked right. from the chain. Yeah. You can't go back yeah, up sure. up so, the ladder. So would you say that your ability to argue your own vision is like a necessity in your uh, industry? In what? I, well, like, yeah, my industry is I- a weird industry. I don't right. even know well, what that is. Well, if you have this <laughs> idea and these networks and these executives are like, this could be better this way, but you really believe, like, how do you protect your story or your brand or your? Uh, the best way. I'm yeah. glad you asked that. Is the way that Mortified has existed for 13 we've been around for 13 years and the only way we have is because while we've danced with Hollywood a couple times um, none of our successes have ever come from that most of our failures have come from that or or at best like a medium six like we had this TV show it ran for two seasons mm-hmm. and it was it did good it was mm-hmm. okay um, and I'm proud of the show uh, but nowhere near as successful as I think things we've done outside the system. So like our stage shows, our, our podcast, our, um, and definitely our, our film. And those were all things that we made, uh, circumventing, which was, and it, and it all goes back to that, to that moment of failure that I had, you know, in, um, early two thousands where I was like, Oh, what if I did something where in my own green light, mm-hmm. like what if I could just rely on my own instincts and, you know, if it if it sucks, that's okay because whatever sucks about it was my own fault, right? And I can take responsibility for that, and I can grow and change from that, uh, or I can ignore it. Um, but it's not from somebody who popped their head in for two seconds and right. said, "You know what? I think," and then their dumb idea gets becomes God, becomes sure. word, mm. yeah. and you know that is very. Um, bad I think for the creative process at least when you have a weird idea I think if I had a cop show that was like and it was called like name a city any Miami. city Miami but not vice because <laughs> that's taken but if it was like some show called like Miami PI right yeah. it's like every year there's a new show about doctors or cops and there's a city in the title and some variation of force cop PI medics something like that lawyer law firm and if I had an idea like that, I think those ideas, even if those ideas, and there's some great cop and lawyer and medical shows, obviously, but because they're, I don't know, maybe less risky in, in terms of just as a premise, maybe their executions are risky, I think you can go through the system easier. But I think when you have an idea that doesn't have a lot of comparisons, like Mortified, there's not a lot. If if I ever go to the, the few times we've tried to go the TV route or any kind of Hollywood route with it, it's like, well, what can I point to that's just like it on the air? Like we had a meeting at the CW a few months ago and they're like, um, they're bringing back or maybe they've already done it. Uh, whose line is it anyway? And they're mm. like, we see this as being a like a, a, a potential pairing for. Oh wow! For whose line is it anyway? And it's like, okay, I see why they'd think that, because they're both comedic and sort of unsc- 
descriptive, whatever, yeah. but it was like, and performative, but those are nothing alike. What's no. like, right. if anything, we're more like uh, the Virgin show that they have on TV, like whatever that scripted, oh, what's that show? Oh, the Jane the Jane the Virgin, right. Oh, okay. So like we're more know. of a dramedy, if yeah. anything. Um, and so You know what I mean? Like there's not a lot of things you can, like mm -hmm. we're more, Gilmore Girls or something than we are some comedic reality show like Jackass. Right. Mm. You know what I mean? But yeah. so there's not, you know, and so there are things like us in the world that are that are successful. There's things like The Moth. There's things like This American Life. There's things in that wheelhouse, but um, but there's not a ton of examples in media. Yeah. Um, mostly in the theater world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I mean, you talk about you know TV and you've built you know this. But the brand is built grassroots. Yep. And uh, so, how do you how do you balance those things uh, as it continues to grow? I don't know. You know what your you plan a, is from here. That's you know interesting. You have a similar cadence to my cousin Justin. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, we're we're a lot alike in certain I don't ways. Know you have like a cool like. I gotta meet him. I yeah. That's funny. I was like, oh, he sounds like. So. I was like, oh my god, he sounds like Justin. You know, Justin. So we went to high school together. <laughs> We were not, we were like uh, distant friends in high school. We were, we were cool, but we didn't really know each other too well. Yeah. And then in college, uh, he used to come down to LA to party and he would stay at my house a couple of times. And so we got to know each other a little bit then. And then, but it's been like a weird thing where over the years we've become closer, which is sort of unusual for someone you've known this long. Usually yeah. it's like you were really close then and it just sort of trails off. It's kind of gone the other way, but um, but yeah, we, we sort of feel like family a little bit in the sense of like, uh, you know, you just sit down with somebody and it's, it's, you're kind of like talking to yourself right. a little bit. Well, you have a similar, maybe Cassandra, you have a similar cadence to, to your childhood friends too. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I derailed your question. Yeah. So how do you balance? You know, it's oh yeah. So, built? so no. How, so Something how do you. about grassroots. Yeah. So. Something about grass. You know, how do you take things <laughs> onto TV, into movies, into these mass media, and still keep it grassroots and still keep that community sense of ownership? Um, two answers, probably. One involves Pick one. Uh, be fairly broke. So then you have no choice. Nice. <laughs> so, um, uh, no, but the other thing is. Um, I think it's messaging and I think it's like I'm I'm like I answer most of the emails that come to the website which is a huge commitment commit it's it's I can't even can't even tell you what a slowdown that is but um, and at some point that maybe that will change but um, so if you're listening send Dave an email yeah, exactly um, but like even like and and but the thing is People appreciate that. Yeah. So if yeah. they get like I on my way here, I literally was handling a ticketing question from some woman, and she was like, "I I saw the movie and and I want to get tickets to the show, and but she had an issue with her ticket or something, and she was like, well, you're calling me, and that meant a lot to her. Like it right. makes it feel like a family, it makes it feel like a community. Hopefully, it um, wasn't over text because that's illegal. What? While you're driving? Oh no, it was not. <laughs> okay. It was not. Good. Um, Don't text and drive, kids. I'm kind of a weird safety nut, although yeah, uh, especially with fire. So like, um, I don't know why I've Do never you have been. Fire I've going never, while you're driving. I, I've never been. No, <laughs> but I'm like sometimes people make fun of me for being so. Like I I try not to text and drive, and like if 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 you ever left a laptop at the edge 
like on a bed mm. on like a you would think mattress my up. OCD would like kick in I'd be like no like we have to move that that is a that is a hazard damn it so I what's mean, the fire bit what's I don't a, know like what's a crazy just weird that's fire. where it goes but what's <laughs> a crazy fire? it's gonna fall and then it's gonna blow up and then it's gonna be you, this you're not worried the laptop is gonna catch fire you're uh, just worried that it's gonna fall no, no, no. The laptop could 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 overheat, or Ooh. or it could fall and and damage the laptop. Nice. Wait, so I hear the that a lot is, from. I'm a, that's a, I'm a lot of fun. Wait, so I hear <laughs> that a lot from successful people that have built a brand through that you know that very organic. You don't want to talk about fire safety. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> the woman who built you know the CEO of Bare Minerals, same story. I mean, she sure. gave her number to everyone. She answered every email, and yep. then eventually she changed her number multiple times because. It was taking yeah, up her whole life. Yeah, at some point so, it becomes. So, but that's that's the identity behind Mortified is part you of it. and. Yeah, and also like even the the messaging like um, we try like anything that we like put out there like we really try to make it about um, this is a this is a thing where anybody can participate. It's not open mic, but anybody can participate, um, and without it. You know, and the goal is to do that in a way that doesn't sound canned or forced or, um, you know, like all I w- want is for people to to go out and, and have a good time with their friends. That's mm-hmm. general. Like Mortified is often used as a bonding activity. And uh, I, t- I take that really serious. And I take like the uh, I think it's really. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I stumbled onto something that I'll probably never stumble onto again in my life, even if I found something that was far more lucrative or far more popular or whatever. But um, I don't think I'll ever find something as special. And I'm really protective over that specialness, that speciality, that specialesque. There's a word. <laughs> Specialistic. Specialistic. Perfect. That's the, uh, that's the official term. <clears throat> so... Well, so talk about the community. Like, what role? So, first of all, how did this community grow around what you're doing, and and what role does it play in the evolution of the brand? It is the brand. Uh, there is no mortified without its um, community because the central the reason somebody shows up. Actually, on our website it says, "How does it work in terms of participating?" And it's like a six step thing. You can see it at getmortified.com slash participate. But, um, and then like the first step is like you find something uh, in your past in, a, in, in an old shoebox and you're like, oh my God. Like I think when we, when I walked in, Cassandra, you said you would like found something of your past. No? No, mm-hmm. she was making it up. Oh, you were talking about your childhood. No, yeah, she was coming up with. Yeah, I was oh, doing okay. a DIY. So, so somebody Freestyle. like Cassandra find something you find something in your past and um, you're inspired to share it and then you come to us and and you you know you contact our website and you go through the process and eventually you wind up getting on stage um, and sharing with a bunch of people somebody in the audience hears that laughs at it and goes you know what I I forgot I also have a thing that's kind of like that but totally different and they're inspired to share and um, but it's that whole that engine um, that that mm-hmm. circular engine is is um, I mean that that cycle uh, is what keeps it going, and so the only reason people show up to the show is to hear that stuff. But that stuff comes from the people who hear it. Mm-hmm. At your stage, Snakehead. at the stage show, do you actually have people on site like collecting stories? N- no, I mean, uh, I mean, 
well, a couple things. One, we're specifically um, what I what I refer to as sort of artifact based or memento based, mm. where um, the real term for it is juvenilia, which is like things you wrote when you were a kid. Um, but that always it sounds, sounds dirty. That sounds it does. That's dirty. I, it sounds like a pedophile Vanilla. something. Like right. I'm, I'm, I'm very not sure I know juvenilia stuff with you. Exactly. Um, I think because it so rhymes we, with so genitalia. We, we, we've moved to like words like memento or what? I think because it, it rhymes with genitalia. <laughs> it's genitalia and it's and pedophilia. It's, and it's juvenile. And yeah, there's a yeah. lot of Don't. uncomfortable. <laughs> but it's the official term. Here's a free tip. Never say that word again. Yeah. Um, but uh, so we say terms like artifacts and, or mementos or whatever. But um, so because of that, you actually have to have a thing. So at, at the show, we wouldn't want necessarily people to like bring us the thing um that would be kind of awesome though though <laughs> though we encourage them to come up to us after the show and like um you know usually it's like oh i have this thing but maybe it's not that funny and we're like well that will help you with that mm-hmm. it's not this is not a talent contest um in fact if anything it's a lack of talent <laughs> contest in some ways <laughs> um but we will help you uh we'll meet with you and we'll spend like in, in a couple hours i'm going to be on skype with a woman I think in St. Louis, I can't remember where she is, but um, she's going to be traveling to a few cities that happen to be cities where we happen to have stage shows. And I'm going to sit down with her for about an hour. Mm. And um, I'm going to help her if, uh, you know, and I'm going to hope that we'll find something in her diaries, her poems, whatever it is, um, that that could possibly be used in in a stage show. And we spend a lot of time with each participant. It is... um, Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, I think we see that um in a lot of these forums that are, you know ted talks uh yeah. you know moth stories which you're doing right they're all um they feel like they're their audience participation and, and of course they are but but behind the scenes there's a lot of work going into that right like some no, no, some projects so yeah. uh mortified's heavily curated um Though we do avoid words like audition and mm-hmm. tryout or something like that, but we're heavily curated. Uh, the moth slams are open mic, right? Uh, and that's probably why they limit it to five minutes, sure. Because mm. if it sucks, yeah. Um, and I, I've performed in the moth slams. Uh, I find five minutes hard, a hard lot amount of time to do a story that has uh, a lot of beats and and, and a great arc. Um, yeah, I bet. But but so but when the moth slams are great, it's great. Uh, but the Moth main stage is, yeah, that's curated. Uh, TED, I don't really know how they work, but I assume they're heavily curated. Yeah. I think the TED, not the TEDx, but the real TED, yeah, yeah. I think it's six months yeah, that it's they like work They work with you on your talk. Yeah, and that makes And that's why they're sense. as good as they are, and they, you know, millions of people around the world are mm-hmm. enjoying them and learning from them. There's a difference from when you take something from like a level se- seven to like a level nine, or if you're lucky, a level 10 in terms yeah. of like quality. Like you can have an interesting idea but like the thing that drives me crazy is I'll go to like there's a lot of storytelling shows and, and some of the storytelling shows are sort of stand up comic driven. Right. Mm. Yeah, I hate those. Yeah. Because those are funny people who should be who are great performers. But generally they are up there telling an anecdote that sort of has some events and chronology to it. But it is not a story. It's mm-hmm. just an anecdote. Mm. And there's no arc there's no nothing they've learned from the experience there's there's nothing that makes it a story and i always like want to wring the necks of some of the more uh, some shows like that because i'm like just work with your people you're a talent who Mm -hmm. you know like these are like you could turn this from like a seven into like a 10 if you just spend a little time like 
helping to shape it. And I think usually what they are is they're too afraid because sometimes they're like big comedians and they're like, well, what do I know? Like they, they make themselves inferior. By mm-hmm. being, well, what do I know? Like this person's way funnier than me. And it's like, well, but they, okay, but they're, don't be in awe of their celebrity. Mm-hmm. Like at all. That mm-hmm. is, helps nobody, including yeah. the celebrity. Yeah. We'll talk about that because I know you've done the celebrity show. Uh, I watched a couple of them. The, the Rick Schroeder one was crazy. <laughs> yeah, so that, I mean, that was, so we did this TV show yeah. that was originally sold as the Shoebox Sessions. It was this side project from the makers of Mortified, and the idea was that I would, um, it was based on a web thing we did with Alanis Morissette and Felicia Day, who uh, is a sort of a, an internet mogul slash actress. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea was that if, uh, it was kind of based on our curating process where like we sat down with somebody and peeked into the pages of their, of their past. Uh, but it was more of an interview format than say a, a monologue format, like our stage show. And the idea is well, let's take successful people and by looking into their old diaries, their old prom photos, whatever, like tea leaves, we can, you can eventually see sort of the ingredients of what somebody became. Yeah. Um, and so we sold that to the Sundance channel at the 11th hour, just before it aired, lawyers got involved and they said, we don't like this title to Shoebox Sessions. Is this a, a show about sneakers? Valid, valid concern. That was an exec who dropped their head in for a second. Yeah. Who said that, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, lots of TV shows uh, and their thought was like, you know, yeah, they wanted to call it like Starchives, like some terrible, some yeah. like, something that was like very E, not even yeah. good enough for E. And like, they just had like a lot Hard of- Hard to imagine. Yeah. So there was just stuff like that and um, so we were, you know, but they also had some good suggestions, too, in terms of what to call it. And but we had this whole debate of like titling and I'm really into titles. And, and they were like, well, you know, to be a successful show, you have to like call it what it is like, you know, uh, 17 kids and counting or one of those kind of titles. And I'm like, that is true for certain types of shows. But also it is not true, because if you look at Jackass, that show is not called Celebrity Pranks. Right. Yeah. It did not win out. Um, and uh, became known as uh, uh, the Mortified Sessions, um, and um, and we were really adamant about like, well, we can't call it Mortified because that's a you don't own that, and mm-hmm. b that is a separate thing, and I wouldn't want my fans to think right. or f- to think like suddenly we've changed everything about right. Mortified in order like to it would feel like a big fuck you, yeah. And there were fans that actually got very upset about our TV show. You can tell that I barely work in television anymore because I could give a fuck about about saying like what what was annoying about working uh, on certain projects. Sure. Or not. No, but that's great, and I and I'm sure that again. that's why. <laughs> but I imagine that's why you're able to have a community that that follows you and stays with you through this process, right? Is because yeah. you're willing to be honest and vulnerable you know you're both uh curator but you're also to some extent the star yep um well well you're the, i i am the face the of mortified when there a, a face is sort of needed sure right. um often uh there's there's other faces but um or there's other you know we're, we're definitely a, a a giant collective mm-hmm. uh, and so one of my guilts actually and one thing that i'm i'm uh is like when I get to like if like if somebody like yourself wants to interview me like inherent to that is like this perception that like oh he must do all this and it's like I do a lot of it mm-hmm. but there's 
this whole team of like you know Neil, who, who's my co-producer, who's in the movie, you know, who like equal partners, right. sure. and, um, and and he hosts the podcast with me as well. But but there's people all across the country, um, and so that's also like a big balancing act in terms right. of like when you're talking about like growing a grassroots brand because it's like we're this hydra, you know, and so we have to make our fans happy, but we also have to make the sort of the producers who run our stage shows around each country mm-hmm. in, in each city happy. And, you know, playing those politics, um, you know, has its, has its challenges. And, and for the most part, it's always been harmonious on with all of those tiers. But, um, so what, what, what's been a lesson in that area? Make people feel heard. Yeah. Always make people feel heard. Um, uh, because there's a reason they're saying something. Mm-hmm. If they're voicing a concern, um, somebody wrote us. It's rare that we get sort of critical fan mail. Usually, we'll get like, "I love it," and that's great. But you know, um, it doesn't help shape your ego. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't help shape right. your brand. Right. So you need the criticism every once in a while. So, yeah. um, so there was a piece performed in San Francisco um, that dealt with a trans, uh, a guy when he was 19 hooked up with um, someone who was, he thought was a guy, I mean, who he thought was a girl, Mm -hmm. but was not. And um, there were some uh, people from the uh, trans community in the audience, uh, because it is San Francisco, or or any city really, and, um, but specifically there. And they, we got several uh, upset uh, emails about how that was handled because of uh, there was some uh, him at 19 freaked out and was like, I just got a I just got a blowjob from a guy. And because he later found out mm-hmm. and he's like panicked. But he's but then he's like, it was a great blowjob. So he's not he's not like anyway. And it's also like he's 19 and and he's the adult him is. Is distance from it. He's in a show mm-hmm. called Mortified, so he's clearly embarrassed about how he acted back then. But it right. ri- it rides a line, and sometimes our pieces are sexist, and sometimes our pieces are um, just offensive because kids kids are going to say what they want to say, and we try not to sort of moralize that too much. But we do want to make sure that the audience understands that the adult is it, over it. is over it and is different than that, so yeah. that so that you have permission to laugh at like right. I can't believe you acted like such an asshole back then, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So this person wrote us an email, and and actually a few people wrote us an email, like concerned that mortified they love the show, they've come to the show for years. It's supposed to be this inclusive environment, and they felt like it was not. They felt not safe. They felt like it was projecting, and meaning that that you guys were judging the speaker. No, no, no. That they felt that the speaker was spreading hate Mm. um now that's not intentional and i can't say and most of the audience is laughing so that's most of the audience doesn't agree with that right and you know as an artist you don't want to listen to every criticism and go oh okay i should change this right but as an artist who represents sort of a a brand that is all about community i do want to make sure all those people feel heard and not because i'm just patting on the patting them on the head like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's great yeah i mean what you're talking about is so hard to do mm-hmm. right to have because people people buy into this idea and become part of this community and invest themselves in part because of your leadership right because you've had a vision and you put the sweat into executing it and 
that's what people want to buy into, yeah. right? But at the same time, you know, you're creating those opportunities for people to contribute and to have a voice, right? And and balancing that with kind of what you're talking about earlier, like not listening to the notes mm-hmm. that come from people who aren't as invested right. as you are, right? And I, I think my experience, that's a really hard line to walk. And, um, and you, you, I imagine are faced, you know, from time to time with tough decisions about how much of a voice to give or how much to react to the, the critics or whatever, however few men that I, I have a responsibility to our community. I don't have a, um, and that's, that's the word I would use is responsibility. And whenever we've dealt with an exec at a book company or at a, a TV company or any kind of thing. Um, they, they don't have that obligation. They're, sure. they're working on this individual project, this mm-hmm. the Mortified Sessions or, or whatever whatever the thing is right. at the time. And uh, and so I'm always aware of like, okay, they're not concerned about my community. Um, yeah. Um, and and so, but but my but that is always going to be my first and foremost obligation. And I just try to remind them of that. Um, and and for the most part, they hear that and respect that as much as they can sure um, but i guess what i'm saying is even the community members don't always know what's best for the community they have their own particular perspective and right you know you can't just open it up and say hey you know yeah, tell me what mortified should right. be and i'll go yeah. do it yeah because right? that like you have to that leave woman, that the people who wrote some angry emails this weekend yeah. uh, or concerned emails about the inclusivity you know there's also the chance that they're crazy people who just sort of get offended by everything right. and i don't want them driving the train yeah. so that's why we will have a conversation with them. Yeah. Um, and they seemed completely sane and rational and they didn't seem, I've met the crazy person who just, just wants to complain about something. Cause right. they, you know, who just, cause they want to feel heard. Yeah. And even with those people, I also think it's important to make those people feel heard. Mm-hmm. Have there been stories that you've decided, you know, are just too dark or too sort of dangerous for whatever reason? We have, um, tackled, uh, you know, if you watch Mortified Nation on Netflix or whatever, um, we tackle things in that movie like child abuse, things that are super not funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been on This American Life. We've tackled um, a, a girl who grew up in uh, in Miami who does not sound like you, Cassandra. You'll be happy to know. Um, I'm listen to that. <laughs> uh, uh, there's a, a thing on This American Life, um, and it's called Miami Vices. You can Google that. And um, but my it's one of my very best friends, Sasha Rothschild, and it's her reading aloud the diaries of when she's 13 and uh, she discovers uh, cocaine and sex and like super nothing. I think she's 13 in it. Like whatever it is, super young. Yeah. Not funny as a topic. And me, like my paternal side comes in and I'm like, oh, oh my God, like, are you kidding? But. Um, there are things that are funny in both of those topics: in child abuse, um, in 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 divorce, in 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 drug abuse, in all of these things. That the topic themselves isn't funny, mm-hmm. um, but there are things about our life experiences and our perspectives on the world at that time. Um, and what I love is getting to mine. Uh, to answer your question, no, there's nothing off to- off limits, provided that we can find warmth and humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, in it and that we're not making fun of the awful events, but mm-hmm. that we're, uh, you know, that if we're able to do something that, uh, you know, I think a failure of Hollywood 
is that whenever we see things about alcoholism or cancer or depression or that that they're void of humanity they're these Mm -hmm, trite after school specials there's these lifetime movies that have one note and the note is like thriller or like sad dreary depressing thing and that is fine but that is not life life uh, our lives are every event we have um has its low moments but in right next to those low moments is something hilarious Mm -hmm. yeah at least for most people. Mm-hmm. And I like getting to capture that roller coaster of life. That that to me is the true honesty. How has Mortified, I mean, going through this process, you're constantly creating, listening to these heartfelt stories. That must change you as a person. Just you've heard it all. And you've been able to relate on so many different levels with these people. But like how, how have you changed building Mortified? That's a great question. Um, uh... Well, I've learned a lot more about people's habits when they write as a kid, (laughs) like weird things of like, oh, apparently a lot of people name their diaries and write to their diaries as though they're an actual person. (laughs) Dear Bob, dear Karen, that kind of stuff. Funny. But um, but in terms of like the underlying stuff, uh, you know, I think when you listen to people's lives all day, which is not too dissimilar from what a therapist does, and there's a lot of overlap between what we do in that world but yeah. but we are not therapists what mm-hmm. we do is therapeutic but it is not therapy right um it is entertainment and but when you are listening to people's lives um i think it enriches me how it has changed me as i think i think whenever i'm faced with something crappy in my life you know whether it's um, and probably in the past few years, I've 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 dealt with like deaths and um, you know breakups and you know as we all do go through those cycles, right? And when faced with those hardships, you can pull on other people's experiences as models and see how did they survive. Hmm. Yeah, that's um, awesome. You know, there's a, there's an, a line at the end of every podcast we do, and it's the line of every stage show we have, and it's the line at the end of our film. Um, and it's uh, there's a segment called "What Have We Learned?" and we we sort of comedically recap what we learned in the in the stage show that night. And at the end of that, we say the most important thing we learned is that, as we do at every edition of Mortified, we are freaks, and we are fragile, and we all survived. And that is a statement that is not cute to me. Mm. That is a statement that um, is very important, right? So no matter who you are, like. Uh, the bad shit will always get thrown at you. Someone will die. Someone will disappoint you. You will be rejected because you weren't good enough. You will be judged. Um, so that's the bad news. Yeah. Is life, life, and sometimes life might get shittier. Um, so that's even the worst news. But uh, none of those things, literally none of those things will kill you. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, Unless they are no, literally somebody giving you poison or uh, or someone shooting you, no, right. yeah. none of sure. those things, um, like getting rejected for prom, um, going through divorce, yeah. yeah, losing a parent, whatever it is, uh, none of that, and and that's a super important lesson that I I get to witness, and I get a real cool front row seat to that. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah. So music is typically 
a big sort of outlet for you want to get out of the deep stuff no 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 <laughs> no but but you you know you're talking about this teen angst which sure. i think is really what the show is about to a certain extent uh-huh. and so traditionally music's been an outlet for that yes um you know kids lose themselves in music they identify with lyrics they mm-hmm. you know join bands to cope or combat you know yeah. whatever angst they're going through right and so um and this you know what you're presenting is is another way um uh how does i mean was that for you was was music important and and how do those things kind of play together was music important in my life or is music important and mortified no in in your sort of teenage experience in my te- yeah very much so i remember like it was i was in freshman in college and I, I like I wanted to be known for like a certain type of music and I realized like well those people are the goth people yeah. and those people are the hippie people right. and those people are the sort of like jocks and they all had their thing and I was like I don't really know what I am and um, and then I walked up to my friend who was the super alterna girl uh, Justine and, and Kristen and I walk up to these girls and I was like, hey, guys, I really know I remember this moment because the moments that I remember in life I'm learning are all about shame because um, I'm embarrassed <laughs> of this. Um, but I've latched on to this moment that I know that they don't remember, which is, hey, guys, I fi- finally figured out what kind of what, what a way to describe the music I like. And they were like, oh, OK. Asterisk, they clearly could not give a shit because they just liked me for being me. Right. And I did not need to impress them or put myself in a box. Um and they were like, well, what is it? And I was like, well, sort of like kind of Canadian punk meets like indie, but pop with harmony. And like, I realized <laughs> I didn't really have an answer, but I wasn't in a lot of- You were ahead of your time. You're worldly. I wa- yeah, I was into Wh- world music. Who was the band? Like, what was- I was obsessed with this uh, Canadian rock band of the 90s called uh, Rio Statics, which I don't even listen to now. That's not a real band. They're, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I was into like all these like- what, it didn't even matter. Um, and no, I'm just curious. I was into so I was into a lot of Canadian music because I grew up in the on the border. Uh, I grew up in Detroit, yeah, or the suburban Detroit, and so I listened to and watched a lot of like CBC, uh, and they have laws where they have to 30 percent or some sort of percentage has to be Canadian content. Yeah, and so I would be exposed to a lot of stuff, and um, I liked a lot of that. Um, but I was also really into Sinead O'Connor. Like I think she gets a bad rap. I think she's she's a, she's crazy, but she's amazing crazy. Yeah, she's dope. Um, she's amazing, but, um, uh, but, uh, yeah. And, um, Michael Penn, who is now like, uh, he composes the music for girls, but yeah. like he, Sean Penn's brother, yeah. but, um, Amy Mann's husband, like he's not really known really now, but like I was super into him and he, he had a song called invisible about like being a guy at a coffee shop and the waitress was, uh, the waitress like 
you know pours him a, a drink and and like doesn't even like notice him because he's just invisible and like i <laughs> felt so emo. connected to that song right for reasons that probably because i've always been a sort of fairly social person so um i don't th- i like, I think in my yeah, head i like wanted it. to be the quiet like i wanted to be an Christ- i wanted to be christian slater and pump up the volume we're like brooding i was just brooding yeah it yeah. was not that at all no oh, so what are you into now I am obsessed with um, a musician called, I love, I kind of go back and forth between like sort of gender specific artists. And I think now I'm in a, a male centric stage, but I love um, this guy, Fairby Lionheart, um, was a ter- like wow. a, a bizarre name. Yeah, he's LA and Nashville based. He hasn't put out something in a while, but he perform- we're, we're recording this right next to Hotel Cafe and he, he performs there sometimes. Um, Fairby Lionheart, a guy named Benji Hughes, um, uh, who's who's really great, um, and I really like this band Sylvan Esso, um, which is uh, not singer songwritery. That's what those other two yeah, were. Yeah, that sounds. Sylvan Esso. Sylvan Esso is more. It's like a male female duo, sort of electro kind of mid tempo kind of stuff. But they're but they're really. I don't know. They like cool. I like their beats. Hmm. I think um, you two would probably have a lot of music in common. Us too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I so. Why would I love singer songwriter stuff? Um, like there's, a, there's this, actually there's this I band do. called Win Win that I, I I've been downloading. They have a song called Been Too Long, Been So Long that you should download after this because it is, uh, like uh, like I want it to be the theme song. We're we're working on five specials right now, five one hours. We're hopefully going to be shooting. Um, each one will be themed like a gay one and a straight one and, and like a romance one and a sports one. So mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're in the process of, of getting those off the ground. And um, I I haven't even told the director of this yet, but like I really want this one song by Win Win to be like our theme, uh, the new theme song. I don't nice. think we can afford it. news here on rebel radio yeah uh if you like win-win hit us up on twitter at rebel radio net hit dave up on twitter Um, wherever you want oh tom rosenthal that's the other guy i just want to if you're now i'm getting really geeky on my music but like tom rosenthal is this uk singer songwriter guy and if you like sensitive sad boy music oh boy oh boy really tom rosenthal will own your shit okay yeah, it's funny. So Justin, your cousin, yeah. and I, like, we were both heavily influenced by hip hop. Yep. Growing up, obviously, I'm he had guessing, a magazine back in the day. Yeah, he had a magazine. I I wrote for it. Nice. Uh, and I was I was we were in the same business. Like a hip hop magazine, right? Yeah. yeah. Club Club, because there was an umlaut over the U. I because it, when I, I was like a kid, and I thought he was grammar. so cool. <laughs> what? He was like two years older than me or something, and I came to visit him once. And oh I was yeah. Like, my cousin's so cool. He runs a magazine, and it's about like rap would, and skateboarding. That is super and, cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, and I was in that world as well. And and um, y- you know, I, f- I find it so interesting. Like, it took me a while to realize that that wasn't everyone's experience. 
and it wasn't really until I got to UCLA and everyone was all like Eddie Vedder and which which to me meant nothing yeah. like you know I kind of heard those songs and they were fine yeah if you're a hip hop guy you're not gonna be yeah. into Pearl Jam I kind of didn't I wasn't like full on grunge guy but like I hung out with the guys that were right and so like I absorbed that through osmosis a little bit um but yeah, uh, yeah, but hip hop guys would never be into. Maybe you would like Nirvana, but not Pearl Jam. That's too fratty. Sure. Yeah, and it, you know it was weird to me because I was so immersed in this culture, right? Of you know the emergence of hip hop and you know what that was doing to pop culture and the world and and all of that at the time, and then to realize that like there were guys my age who were totally unaffected by that and you know didn't know about most of it and it didn't really mean anything to them right and um uh you know but i think that's interesting kind of to talking about mortified right how that like we each come to this with a totally different experience and um you know there's these sort of universal truths that that run across all that but uh i don't know it's um I find it fascinating how personal and universal things can be at the same time. Uh, I have learned that the more specific something is about your life, the easier it is for someone to relate to it. Yeah. So um, that girl who I said, um, you know, was on This American Life for Mortified, um, reading about very specific, you know, I, I've, I'm not someone who, <laughs> I don't do coke. Uh, I didn't have sex when I was 13. I, um, like, I can't relate to her experience, but I could laugh at that. And I thought about this a lot. Like, mm-hmm. well, why could we laugh at that? Mm-hmm. And I believe firmly the only reason we can laugh, in at least in things in like Mortified or um, personal stories stuff, is if, if we're connecting on some level. And it's because underneath the sort of the details um, were... Uh, you can sort of hear like, oh, well, I've tried to fit in into a thing, doing a thing that I probably shouldn't have been. I've been reckless, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, like whatever your version of reckless is. Um, And I've, you know, and so there's, yeah, I think it's it's a very, it's an unusual thing that you bring up with this notion of like um, things can be very detailed and specific and yet very universal. And I think when you're very vague and, and be like, oh, I had a crush on a boy, or had a crush on a girl or whatever, like, you know, it doesn't resonate sure. with, yeah. it, it, everyone goes, yeah, me too. Yeah. It feels very Hallmark Cardi. It's like yeah. very vanilla. But when it's super specific about some weird thing you did, the lengths you went for some crush, people then go, oh, I didn't do that, but I had my right. own version of right. that. Yeah, I can see myself in that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I wonder, like, could you have a rapper on Mortified? We've had many. Have you? Yeah. Do you mean like a celebrity rapper or? I just like, I think of hip hop culture as like about bravado and really hiding behind your mask and, sure. you know, not, they're, they're sort of, I'm generalizing obviously, right. but, but it's, it's about telling false truths in the sense of like, it's, it's about creating your persona for entertainment purposes yeah. and not really pulling back the curtain. Um, yeah, well, I know we've never had celebrity hip hop uh, musician. Actually, a little bit. We had a guy from the Far Side. Uh, one of the guys from the Far Side, Trey. Oh yeah, did something with us once. But we love um, Trey. But it was not. You know, 
Um, He's the kind of guy I could see. Yeah, he was cool. But uh, but generally, um, uh, generally, no. We have lots of people who wrote because uh, we don't really dwell on celebrity that much. So it's like generally we, when we have somebody in the show, it's because they wrote a rap when they were a kid. Yeah, and we've got tons of those. Um, you know, and, oh, I'm sure. And and that that rap is you know atrocious. Um, and uh, typically it's like. It's a white guy or, or or Hispanic guy or an Asian guy, but like, it, what's frustrating is like that's actually like I want more black dudes in our show badly, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's just it's just about who comes to us with stuff. Yeah, right. and um, and what I've learned is dudes, specifically straight dudes, they are less likely to have diaries, but they're more likely to have lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know you wind up having to sort of you know, rely on for, you know, for whatever reason, like any kind of cultural stereotype of like, well, what, what might he have been into uh, in terms of like when you want to get certain people on the show? Right. So we've tried getting people like being like, like uh, who we know write stuff now. And that usually means you wrote stuff back then. Mm-hmm. Um, although the trick is a lot of raps people wrote as kids are funny on purpose. Right. And, they're not very sincere. Right. And so it's like, well, our goal on our show is to sort of laugh at it. So it's fine if it's a funny on purpose rap, but there needs to be a reason that it's also mortifying. Mm-hmm. Even if the like, even if you wrote a rap about how your teacher smelled and like farts, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're that guy who wrote that because you're 14 and you're being funny and all the rhymes in it are very clever and, and, and um, great, but if you wrote that to impress a girl, now that's suddenly funny or potentially yeah mm-hmm. you know sure like a girl doesn't want to hear a song about farts right. there's a better pro- there's probably a better way to seduce a woman. not usually <laughs> not yeah. usually but or, or usually no not usually yeah that's funny uh well you said something earlier i want to touch on that um <laughs> this is why i'm alone <laughs> uh y- you mentioned shame yeah earlier and i think you know there's a general uh, sort of decline in shame in America, it feels like. Um, and to me, mortified is one example of that, right? Like, like I said, that you know, yeah. And there's a healthy version of that and an unhealthy version of it. Yeah. Absolutely, because you were talking about oversharing earlier. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, and I think, but those are themes, right? That that as society evolves, we're wrestling with yeah. with those things, mm-hmm. right? We we come out of the '50s, which was a very shameful or or uh, mm-hmm. you know high shame. I generation i would agree with that and and this is part of the maybe the catharsis or healing of of that mortified is part of a personal mission for me um that i didn't even realize that i was on before mortified um uh, i'm writing a book right now and part of the the proposal that i'm hopefully sending out in like a month or so um actually deals with this topic the book deals with shame quite a bit and um, uh, I was just writing about, like, uh, you know, like I, I'm I'm on this mission to eradicate shame uh, or uh, unhealthy shame. Um, and there are there are people in pop culture who are do, like, if speaking of TED talks, like um, Brene Brown, mm-hmm. who's like famously has this like popular YouTube video about about yep. shame. Um, and I'd love for Mortified to work with her. Oh my God! Um, but. 
but I do think there's there's a degree of shame that's of course healthy. Um, I'm not a huge fan of oversharing. Uh, I do believe in uh, it's uh, when something's about you and you're sharing it for you because you then it's not worth like then keep it to yourself. Right. If you're sharing it because it has value to somebody else, that's worth sharing as long as you as best as you can control like um, and that's why one of the reasons we curate our show. I mean, there's a bunch, but one of them is I, I want to make sure that it's not this gross ex- exercise in exhibitionism. Mm-hmm. which it can be mm-hmm. um, like this whole me, me, me. Like remember the early days of Twitter before it became about jokes and uh, it, like early Twitter was about I'm at the store. Right. Remember that person on yeah. Facebook? Yeah. Status. And you'd have to like, yeah, but this, yeah. but it was like, I'm at the store. Like that's not interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. That's just sh- fuck you with your sh- like just mm-hmm. oversharing. For th- and it's, it's gross. Um, and that and like that whole the, the Kim Kardashian Paris Hilton like that end of pop culture where you know it's just about the the meanness of it all and um, mm-hmm. I, I think it sort of has a place um, but it's it's not something I'm, I'm super into but but I am into this idea of so sh- some shame is good but for the most part uh, shame is, uh, which I clearly have a, a huge relationship to just given what I do with mortified, but it's just in life in general, um, is a, is a, is a, I think creates a lot of, uh, disease in our world. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I think, um, and it, and it produces a lot of joy when we get rid of it. Mm-hmm. The fact that you were labeling branding the, the 1950s as, having lots of shame and judgment uh, from what we know of it. Neither of us were, the three of us were not alive during then, but it seems to be that that was, that was the case. And I, right. I, I we've had a hard time getting older generations uh, to understand the show. And when they do come to the show and occasionally even participate in the show, um, it, it takes them a little bit to wrap their head around it. Like, why would you want to right? like, yeah. And that, but, um, but once they get into it, they see that it's it's about humanity. They see that there's like a human soul connection to it. And it's, um, you know, they might get uncomfortable by some of the graphic sexual content that often occurs in Mortified. But um, and so they'll feel safer with the pieces that are like, I hate my dad, mm-hmm. you know, like where it's just like a little more PG. Right. Um, yeah. I imagine it has to be in some ways challenging to cross generational boundaries you mentioned a little bit of the challenge of crossing uh, ethnic, you know, racial ba- boundaries. Yeah. Um, I imagine even like political boundaries maybe are, are tough to manage. I don't know how much you get. Well, we're, we're based in cities and generally cities tend to be liberal. Right. Yeah. So and we're our appeal is people between the ages of 25 and 45 right. leans female. Yeah. Um, feels like a very liberal exercise. It, it's probably more, you know, I'm sure we have a lot of so, uh, conservatives, but they're probably more libertarian conservatives, mm-hmm. like not the anti-gay marriage types. Right. Um, but but we have tons of people who grew up in that culture. Of course. You know, we have tons yeah. of people who grew up uh, in very conservative, very shame-based homes. And, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite types, genres of mortified pieces and um, is sort of closeted gay kids who grew up in religious homes. So in our movie, mm-hmm. um, in Mortified Nation, there's a, a guy in the middle of the film, a black guy who uh, grew up in the South, 
um, in a very, like went to church five days a week. Like that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way that that guy felt okay to be whatever his sexuality was going to be. Right. And so as a result, he winds up doing very reckless, very scary, very devious. Well, devious might be the wrong word, but very risky behavior. He winds up meeting a guy on the Internet and they right. meet in a truck and hook up again. Not funny as a mm-hmm. topic. But what is funny is sort of his level of denial and his perspective on the world at the time. And, and so there's we wind up laughing at other things in the piece. But um, but I'm my heart breaks when I hear those you know, pieces like that because it's like I get really angry at those parents. Mm-hmm. I get really angry at that culture because um, it's unnecessary mm-hmm. um, like to, to make somebody feel, uh, sh- you know, shame to where they're going to go out and have really unhealthy consequences. Like it turned out okay for the guy in our film, but it didn't turn out okay for lots of other people, mm-hmm. you know, right. who wind up getting beat up in a parking lot because they meet right. a guy in Craigslist. Absolutely. As happened to me last night. (laughs) (laughs) Craigslist is a tough play. Okay. Yeah, we're going to get kicked out of here. Oh, yeah. We're running out of time. Oh, here's a good one. Uh, (laughs) How successful are you? What's the barometer, right? Um, I think... I think I'm... I think I always say I'm lowercase s successful. (laughs) Um, Okay. You know... um, I think I, um, it's uh, you know I'm glad you asked that because it's it's something that I struggle with a lot. Uh, is that you know you can be real hard on yourself and and sometimes people see me as or mortified as being this uh, big thing, this influential thing, and then I'll get into my headspace and sort of see it as yeah, but blah 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 mm-hmm. asterisk asterisk yep. asterisk. And I think we all run our lives that way. And mm-hmm. um, uh, when that overtakes me, you know, um, in in moments in my life, um, it makes it can you know it just you're just around a negative person. Yeah. And that is a behavior that I have spent the past couple of years actually trying to change. Um, uh, because it's like, why, like, yes, these things aren't correct yet in your life, or these things haven't met expectations yet. But, um, you know, give yourself a break. <laughs> like, so when have you wanted to give up? And, and, and how'd you, what made you push time. through it? All the time. Um, we made that movie because we wanted to give up. Because we're like, uh, let's, just, let's just make something that's going to be a record for posterity yeah. of... If this doesn't go on further, you know, Neil, um, though we didn't know it at the time that we agreed to this, like he wound up having a baby and, um, you know, his priorities changed. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, you know, uh, so we were like, let's and and, um, let's preserve what we um, let's preserve this so that there's a record that we can tell our kids one day or we can tell whoever in our, you know, future generations that. Uh, this existed this mattered to us and mattered to a lot of other people and and so that's the only reason we made mortified nation was that mm-hmm. and um kind of like mortified began out of sort of the ashes of, of some failure uh mortified nation the film um sort of came from 
from from that as well where it's um where it's just saying like uh, it's important for us to capture this because it may not go on forever because what we're doing is sort of weird and doesn't you know uh it 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 brings in it brings in success in various ways sometimes financial sometimes uh you know uh, with getting to meet people and 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 sometimes leading to you know weird opportunities i'm i'm curious to know when you're in that what pushes you through it i have an i think i have an obsessive personality and um which is something i was not aware of like articulate i was not able to articulate about myself until very recently like in the past few years um and i was like oh i have an obsessive personality and i think probably all of my friends were like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but that sort of um that that um you know like just like just wanting to sort of like keep working on a thing yeah. like keep trying to perfect a thing you know keep tightening screws they're like yeah but it doesn't look right yet right and so if mortified's a painting it's that sure um and i think that's what keeps me going and, and really it's like anytime mortified has been more effort than it's worth than it seems worth we get an amazing email from a teenager who's like hey i discovered this thing and i'm going through this right now and yeah. boom and you're like cry, you know you're just like devastated or yeah. or or we get just somebody tells you it matters to them and you mm-hmm. go oh right and had i gone this other route had i abandoned uh, you know early on we shot a pilot for comedy central when it was done this was like in our first year of existence uh, the advice to me was, yeah, move on. This is this is what a, a big time agent said. Um, yeah. Let people forget about it, and and that person was wrong, mm-hmm. very wrong. Um, and I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get to connect. Uh, I wouldn't mm-hmm. get to have people change my life who have come into my life. Oh, uh, so when will you know it's time to stop? You mean this interview? <laughs> no, and that's cut. that was five minutes ago. Um, but yeah, now we're into overtime with the studio. Um, I, yeah, I asked that I, you know, Neil and I talk about that all the time. Every time we're ready to, like, it's that whole adage of they pull me back in because <laughs> right. we every time we do a thing, it like doesn't become as big as we th- wanted it to, where we can kind of feel like we can breathe, but it always gets bigger and it always becomes a thing where it's like, well, how you can't stop now. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's yeah. like, there's always a trajectory. It's mm-hmm. just, um, and so right now our podcast is, 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 which I hope people will subscribe to is, um, is the focus of, of everything we're doing and, and it's really growing. Nice. Cool. Well, definitely. If you're listening, check out the podcast, check out the live show. Watch it on Netflix. Wait for the book. The chewing gum. What? No, the game. The game. The sorry. game. You have to do the game because. Mortified the board game. There's someone out there doing it. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. There's something and they there. They haven't done it yet. I see you in like a Cards Against Humanity type of yep. vibe. I'm so excited about. I could, if you sorry, go on. Maybe we can just make one. A DIY right. style. I, I can show you. I can show you our specs for all of that. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, send us thoughts, comments. Notes for Dave. Hit us on Twitter. Hate mail. Hate mail, for sure. <laughs> uh, you can reach us on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net. Find us on SoundCloud slash Rebel underscore radio. 
and uh, check out Mortified and let us know what you think. Thanks, man. Thank you. Appreciate you being here. That was Dave Nadelberg. I'm Josh Levine. You're on Rebel Radio. Come back next week for more ridiculousness. And uh, meanwhile, hit us on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net. Leave us a comment on SoundCloud or iTunes or shoot over a paper airplane in my direction. Later. <laughs>